Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Canvas Chevyville where I am bringing a word that is near and dear to my heart. I pray that it blesses you today. Get ready because I believe God is getting ready to do something incredible in your life with the message that you are about to hear. We're going to jump right into this thing. Now, as Pastor Jasper had mentioned, we are continuing on in our series. It's good to be back at home. Most of you know I have many different assignments in the kingdom of God, and so I, I go to different places and preach and do BTB graduations and different things like that. But can I just say this this morning? There ain't no place like home. There ain't no place like home. Over here on the south side of Shelbyville, Tennessee, with all of you fine people. And I love you, and we're grateful for you. Grateful to pastor this wonderful church. Speaking of this church, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but I am. But, man, we got some big things coming down the pipe for this church. We're going to be announcing them on September 18th on Anniversary Sunday. I was just talking to my precious wife about this. First Lady, Miss Kelsey, she's just, just gorgeous. I love her. She told me to stop. I better stop. But I'm just really excited about what God is doing here. Um, and you're a part of that. Again, thank you for your tithes, your offering. Uh, next week, you're going to get to hear about where some of these tithes and offerings go. You're going to get to hear from Bishop Thomas, um, which is the ministry that we support over in India. They've got 14 orphanages, y'all, and about 200 churches that we support monthly. And because of that, we're not only reaching our region, the city of Chevyville, the Middle Tennessee region, but we're reaching the globe. This, this little church right here, we support missionaries as well. This little church right here, we're supporting the kingdom of God across the globe. And so we thank you for your giving, your heart to give, and being a part of this church. Amen? Amen. All right, let's jump into the word. We're coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to start in verse 1 and go down to verse 7. Remember, we're in our series, Kingdom Keys, here. So, if I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith as so to remove mountains, but do not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions to charity, and if I surrender my body so that I may glorify, be glorified, but I do not love, it does me no good. Here we go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked does not keep an account of wrongs suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would help me to preach the word today. Help me to preach with fire, with passion, with urgency and fervency, God. 
And may the seed of the word fall on good soil. God, hide me behind the shadow of the cross and help me to preach and teach today. Lord, I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. I give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Come on. Brandon, you can get you some rest. Sit with your precious wife this morning. You normally don't get to do that, do you? <laughs> and I'm going to get you back up here, brother, here shortly. We're going to do some more worship. And everybody doing all right this morning? Y'all look mighty good. You're looking, you just look beautiful this morning. I tell you what, something, something different from seeing y'all up here today. Just love it, love it. So today, as uh, Pastor Jasper mentioned, we're going on in our Kingdom Keys series. So I wasn't here last week, but on the first part of the Kingdom Keys series, I preached on obedience. I was just waiting to see if I'd get any, anybody to shout a little bit with me this morning, but, but y'all ain't with me yet. Don't worry, I'll wake you up here shortly. I said obedience was the first kingdom key that I gave you. You know, this whole series is based off of Matthew chapter 16. And I really, it's, it's funny because I probably won't preach Matthew chapter 16. But this whole series is based off of Matthew chapter 16, where Peter sitting around the fire with Jesus and all the other disciples, he says to him, who do men say that I am? And some answer, and they answer truthfully. They're just having a conversation with Jesus, amen, and they answer truthfully. They said, well, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're John the Baptist. These brothers were saying, we believe in reincarnation. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I'm surprised Jesus just didn't rebuke them real quick, but he didn't, he didn't. And, and, he, and, and then Peter says, you're the Christ, you are the Messiah. And he says, ah, there it is. There it is. He said, Upon this confession, upon this rock, I will build my church and I will, watch this, give you keys to the kingdom and the gates of hell shall not, anybody not want the gates of hell to prevail in your life? So come on, y'all miss another good time to shout. I mean, I mean, we don't need the gates of hell to prevail in our lives, to prevail in our families, to prevail in our churches, to prevail in our cities, to prevail in our regions, to prevail in our states, to prevail in the nation of America. So we are going to need to really pay attention to what it is that God is trying to give us and what God is trying to say in this series, because he's saying, I have keys for you, keys meaning plural meaning that there is more than one. I gave you, gave you one a couple of weeks ago was obedience. And this week I'm giving you the key called love. I got some O's, but I didn't get no shouting. We should have we got some shouting in there too because do you understand the importance of love in the kingdom of God and in God's church and his bride? It is actually the key ingredient that makes all of this stuff work. It makes the whole thing, it, it, it is the glue that holds Christianity together. It, it is the glue that holds the people of God together. Come on. It, it is the glue that holds you and keeps you connected to God himself. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about love today. And we're talking about keys, right? So Jesus says, I will give you keys to the kingdom. 
Come on. So we're back in our series, Kingdom Keys. So touch your neighbor and tell, tell them he's giving out keys today. He's giving out keys. Come on, pull out your key and unlock something today. Amen. Watch this. So God gives you keys so that you can unlock what is in another realm and bring it into your realm. <laughs> he gives you a key so that you can unlock something in one area and get it into another area. Y'all know that's, that's how keys work, right? That, that, if that door was locked, if I don't have the key to get on the other side of it, I can't pull what's on the other side of it into this area. I can't pull what's in that room into this room. And this makes this make a whole lot more sense. When Jesus says, I'll teach you how to pray real quick. Pray that on earth, as it is in heaven. So what Jesus is saying in that moment is that I want you to pull out keys and unlock what is in another dimension, unlock what is in another realm, and bring it into your realm, bring it into the world around you. Because the things that are in heaven are supposed to be in the earth, but I can't get them into the earth until you pull out your key and unlock it and bring heaven into the earth. So, so Jesus is saying, I've come and I've come to give you keys so that you can unlock what is in another dimension and what is in another area and pull it into your life, right? And see, help me, Lord. Jesus, I bet Jesus sometimes gets frustrated with us. Is that fair to say? I, I, I bet Jesus sometimes he gets frustrated with us because we're sitting there in a prayer closet and we're acting like beggars, and we're begging God to do this, and we're begging God to do that, and we're begging God to bless this, and we're begging God to bless that, and God is up there in heaven saying, I have given you the keys to unlock everything that you're praying to me about, and I'm ready to give it to you. I'm sitting here right here, ready to send it as soon as you'll just open the door, but you're over here begging and acting like an outsider when Really, you're an insider because everything that was in Christ's bank account got transferred into your bank account. Hence, he who was no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm trying to tell somebody today that Jesus is ready to drop some blessings. He's ready to drop himself. He's ready to drop the things of God. He's ready to bring heavenly things into the earthly realm. But we simply are not pulling out our keys and Locking those things to get them to where we're at. So, God, bless my finances. But, but we rob God with, with our tithes and with our offerings. God, make my wife submit to me. But, but you ain't gave her nothing to submit to. Y'all catching me? C come on, y'all. We're sitting there and we're praying for these things. We, we are praying for these things. God, why is there no love in my life? Because you don't sow love. You, you reap what you sow. Why is all kind of chaos 
breaking out in my life because you continue to sow chaos. Y'all ever met crazy people that do crazy things and then wonder why crazy things happen to them? <laughs> they, they sow seeds of craziness and then they wonder why craziness has broke out in their life. That ain't rocket science. How did I get pregnant? There's still only one way that happens. Why are all my relationships a struggle and chaos and they don't treat me? Because you're unequally yoked. <laughs> and we sit here in our prayer times and we're asking God, what in the world is going on? But my question to you today is, what key are you breaking out? Because God says, I've got keys, but I need you to pull them out and to use them. So we're talking about love today. We're talking about love today. So in our first lesson, kingdom key number one was obedience. Amen. Let's just do a quick recap because let's talk about obedience real quick because it ties into love. Obedience. We know how to preach and we know how to, I'm the head and not the tail. We've gotten so good we can sing it now. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. I, I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. Come on. But do you understand that there is a key called obedience that unlocks those things? Keep reading the chapter of Deuteronomy 28. If you walk in disobedience to the things of God, you'll pull out another key, but it ain't kingdom, and it will unlock curses in your life. And then you got those folks, too, that are like, well, that's for the children of Israel, and uh, those blessings and those curses, they're not for us today. Just keep reading the Bible. Flip over to Romans chapter 11, and it tells you that you've been grafted and chosen into Israel, so all of the blessings are available to you, but also all of the curses. Nobody wants to read that part. But obedience is a kingdom key. And obedience, if it's a key, it unlocks something. So the thing that obedience unlocks is the blessed life. Anybody want the blessed life? Come on, if you want to live a blessed life, walk in obedience to the things that God has for you. So part number one was obedience. It unlocks the blessed life. So that was part one or key one. So let's move on to key number two, which is love. Come on, don't shout me down. Love. Say it. Just look over. Look your neighbor in the eyes and tell him love. <laughs> Make sure it's your husband and your wife. Make sure it's your husband and your wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you also, you might not equate a message on love to something that we'll get up and we'll shout and we'll dance and we'll have crazy altar ministry and all those things. But maybe I can change your mind by the end of this today, because do you understand that love is essential to be able to walk and maneuver and operate in the kingdom of God. Come on. We are kingdom people. Come on. Come on. Us in America, sometimes we get confused because we like democracies. But you're a part of a kingdom. Jesus didn't even come preaching the gospel of Jesus. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Go fact check me and read your Bible. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Kingdom, the culture, the rules, the custom, the authority of another realm that was not here until he brought it here and made it available to you and to me. So in the kingdom of God, it is essential 
that we maneuver and that we operate in love. Before I lose all the men in the room, let me help you today. I'm talking about love, but let me help you to understand this because love is an action. Come on, love is an action. If we're men in the room, we're supposed to be men of action, right? We like action. Well, I'm going to encourage you. Get inside the action today. Come and be a part of the action today. Don't check out on me because pastor's talking about love and think that, oh, well, that's just for women and that's soft and that makes me this and that makes me. No, love is actually an action type of thing. Amen. So don't check out on me. Stay with me for just a minute and hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. So number one. In order to use the kingdom key of love, you need to know what love is and you need to know what love isn't. In order to pull out your kingdom key of love, you need to know what it is, but you also need to know what it isn't. So let me help everybody in the room today. Love is an action. Come on, look over at your neighbor, tell them love is an action. Love is an action. Love is an action. Watch this. Love is not a ooey-gooey feeling that you get when somebody walks in the room. Come on. Society has lied to you. Netflix has lied to you. Here come my comforted ladies. Hallmark and Lifetime. They have lied to you. (laughs) Love is not a emotion and a feeling that you get when you are close to somebody. I'm not saying that those things don't come, but love, according to the scriptures, is all about action. It's not about what you feel. Let me prove it. Jesus says, love your enemies. Let me help you. You're never going to feel like loving your enemies. But that right there is the standard that God has called you to. See, he said, if you love the people that love you, you're just like everybody else. There ain't nothing diverse, special, or distinct about you. If you can only love the people that give it back to you, he says, I'm trying to call you to something different and another. I'm trying to pull heaven into the earth. Why? Because God makes the sun rise on the just and the unjust. So that kingdom key of love and loving your enemy, it actually pulls what's going on in heaven into the earth when you're able to love your enemy. So you're never going to feel like loving your enemy, but it is what God has called you to. Prove that love is an action again, pastor. Well, no problem. I got more scripture for you. Jesus says this, if you love me, you obey. Oh, there's that. (laughs) There's that word again. Obey is the root word of obedience. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Jesus, with one short sentence, immediately equates your love for him by how you treat him. Come on, I can say that I love my wife all I want to, but if I treat her crazy, if I cheat on her, if I smack her up, if I, if I just act crazy with my wife, I can say that I love, I know that was drastic, sorry, maybe I shouldn't have went that far, but, but if, I say, if I say that I love my wife, but I don't treat her as such. I don't love her. You might lust after her, but you don't. Oh, there we. That's what's wrong with the world. That's why. That's why the world says that it's okay 
to be with the same sex. Oh, I'm one of them real preachers. I'm saying we, we love those people. And we love them to where they can actually change. But watch this. That's why the world says that those things are okay. Because they, it's, watch this. It's simply just a misconception of what love really is. There's a big difference between love and lust. And here's the other thing, too, with this. See, we always equate lust to sexual things here in America. That's an old English word for desire. Their flesh desires the same type of flesh. That's why it's important that you don't walk in the flesh, but that you walk in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You want to see people get delivered from same-sex attraction? All you got to do is get them to have a hunger level for God and they walk in the spirit, then they won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And guess what? There's forgiveness available to them too immediately. And I don't even know why I'm here, but I'm here. I don't even know why I'm here, but why I'm here. You understand that that whole situation is, is the same as you lusting after money or, or lusting after power or lusting after you desire this, you desire that. But sin is sin. Sin is sin. And so when it comes to sin and all of those things, here's where you'll get some breakthrough. Change your desires. Change or run after the kingdom of God. Run after the presence of God. Shift your desire. I used to be a drug addict and a dope fiend and everything else, but I changed my desires. There was something that was stronger than everything that I had ever tasted before. It was the power and the presence of God. I couldn't go a day without it. Still can't go a day without it. That's what holds me. That's what keeps me. That's what keeps me moving and trucking. All you got to see, you ain't got to stop drinking either. Just change the fountain. Just change the well. Just drink of living water. Just drink of something different that's supernatural. It'll make you feel better. And guess what? You remember everything that happened yesterday. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Love is an action. Love is an action. That's the number one thing that I've got to tell you about love. Love is an action. Love is an action. Our society has told you that it's an emotion. Our society has told you that it's an emotion. It's something that you feel. We've also, I've already went over that. We've turned that word lust into something that equates to sex, but lust is when you desire for something. Watch this. So love is an action. John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. Watch this. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that a person lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Here we go. I'm really going to take it deep now. First John 3, 18. Little children, let not love, let's not love, watch this. Let's not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth, and it will set our hearts at ease before him. Oh, you know, that is a fancy way of saying you will be at peace with God. 
Oh, there's something about laying your head on your pillow at night and having peace with God because you're right with God, not because you're perfect and you've never made a mistake or that you didn't make a mistake yesterday. But like I said earlier, if you are in Christ, you are the righteousness of God that's in Christ Jesus. There's something about being at ease in your heart and being right with God. But that stems with two things, love and obedience. That's what he just said. Love and obedience will get your heart to be at ease with God. That'll get your heart to be at ease with God. So number two here, now that you know what love is and what love isn't, love is an action. Love is what you do. Love is not what you feel. Love is not fickle. Come on, love doesn't change its mind. We just read all of those scriptures. Can we get that scripture back up? Love is patient. Love is kind. Can I get that scripture back up? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not uh, brag and is not arrogant. Come on, what's the other? Love does not become uh, unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take account of wrong. You want to know what all of that is? It's action. It's action. So love, number two here, you know you know now what love is and what love isn't. Love is action. It's not a feeling. So watch this. Now you need to know what love can unlock. First of all, it unlocks multiple things, but let me show you why love is key number two. Because you can't get to key number one without having key number two. Key number one was obedience. But you can't get to key number one without getting key number two. Maybe I should have preached these up upside down. Maybe not. Maybe I'm trying to make a point to you. You cannot walk in obedience if you don't love God. It is impossible For you to walk in obedience to the things that God calls you to do if you are not madly in love with God. I remember having a conversation with one of my mentors just a a couple of weeks ago because somebody that he really cares about was running a ministry elsewhere and they just fell and it was a bad ordeal. This guy was clean for some time and he was starting a program up. I had talked to them and tried to help them with some things and whatever. And we were just having the conversation because this brother, I mean, he fell from grace. And let me give a praise report, too. He is getting help right now as we speak, and God is restoring him. But watch this. He asked me a question sitting in the hallway of his office. And, you know, and this isn't this to brag about me. So hear my hear me out when I'm saying this. You'll, You'll get what I'm saying, what I'm about to say. But he asked me, he said, Caleb, you know, what is it that sustains you and what has kept you from going back? There's been no relapses. There's been no, no drama, no crazy mess. To, and, and it's eight years in February. Caleb, what, what is it that's different about you than with a lot of the people that go back? And immediately it just came. It came to me and I just blurted it out. It's because I love God. It's because 
I love him. I have the action of love with him. I spend time with him. I'm in relationship with him. I remember how he took me out of the muck and the miry clay. I remember when I was a dope fiend. I remember when I didn't have nothing. I remember laying on my bunk when I was locked up and praying and saying, God, please get help me. Get me out of this. Get me out of this lifestyle. And he heard my prayers and he answered the call because I called upon his name. Like, I love God. That is what is wrong with me. That's why there ain't no going back. It's because I'm so in love with God and I have a deep relationship with God. This ain't to toot my own horn. I'm just giving you the answer to never going back. It's fall in love with God. With the action of love. Get in his presence. Get in his words. Spend time in prayer. Be involved with his church. Every time we've had a guy fall from BTB, they church. They get out of church, they get out of the word, they get out of his presence, they get out of praise, they get out of worship, and the next thing you know, like a dog, they have returned to their own vomit. That's scripture, by the way, I ain't being mean. <laughs> you have to be in love with God to ever walk in obedience to him. And I'm not talking about perfection, y'all. Hear me out on this. I'm, not t- I'm talking about going back to a lifestyle of of, of purposely ignoring what you know God has called you to. You cannot get to a place of obedience without loving God. So loving him gets you to a place of obedience. So what does the key of love unlock? Number one, obedience. If you love God, you'll obey him. That's what the word says. So we're talking about kingdom keys that are unlocking things. So number one, it's about to unlock a few things. But watch this. If you you love God, it will unlock obedience in your life. Without obedience, you bring about curses and trouble on your life. And you know that Jesus makes a crazy statement. He he said, y'all stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to bring its own problems. So translation here. Jesus is saying life is hard enough don't go walking in obedience and bring about more calamity and trouble and problems onto your life it's hard enough life is tough enough why would you do that second part i want to talk to you about is this the key of love will not only unlock you having a proper love of god but it will also help you unlock a proper love for his bride a proper Love for his people. Can I just say this? You just can't come and talk to my wife in its old type of way. Don't try it. Don't try me. <laughs> Let me get sanctified again. Hang on. <laughs> but you can't come and talk to my wife any old type of way. And why do we in the church of Jesus Christ think that we can talk to Jesus' bride any old type of way that we want to. Let me tell you something right now. The the key of love will unlock a proper relationship and status with God, but it will also unlock a proper relationship and status with God's bride, his people, your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not called to just flippantly talk about each other. See, that's why church gossip, oh, it cooks me. Oh, that stuff right there cooks me. 
When, when folks get to backbiting and gossiping and talking about each other and stirring up discord and division in the church. Do you understand that Titus 3.10 says, warn a person once, warn a person twice if they are divisive. After that, have nothing to do with them for they are warped and sinful. Separate yourselves from them. So people who do church splits and try to take folks with them and doing this and doing that, they're walking on real, real dangerous ground. We better be careful the way that we talk and treat the body of Christ. The kingdom key of love will help you to, to properly respond to God's bride and his church. Amen? We need to do that. We need to talk with e to each other with respect. We need to love each other. So what is love? Love is an action. So we can say that we love the body of Christ, but if we treat them indifferently, we actually are displaying the fruit and the behavior that we do not believe what we say we do. We've got to treat the body of Christ properly. So the proper treatment of people is what that can unlock as well. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says this, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. What is that telling you? That's talking to us as the body of Christ. We should operate with humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in what? Love. So bearing with one another in action. That we would display the action that we love one another, right? First John 4.20 says this. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother or sister, he's, strong, he's a liar. Plain language. I love it when the Bible's plain. He's a liar. For one who does not love his brother and sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Romans 13, 8 says this, owe nothing to anyone. Get out of debt. All right, that one was free. Owe nothing to anyone except for the obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. Jesus also said, love your enemies. So that goes back to love is not a feeling. But love is an action. You're never going to feel like loving your enemies. The question is, are you going to do it? It's not about what you feel like doing. Can you, it's not if you're going to feel like the Christian who might be sitting beside you or, or, or in the church that you're butting heads with about something. You're not going to feel like love. The question is, are you going to do it? Uh, uh, the church down the road or the church that you used to go to, are you going to love them even when you don't feel like doing it? So now we know who to love. We're supposed to love God, number one. We're supposed to love the church and the body of Christ. We're even supposed to love our enemies. I think that covers everybody. You're called to love everybody. Touch your neighbor and tell them, E-L-E. -E. Everybody love everybody. Some of y'all will get that. <laughs> Come on, that covers everybody. Every, you're supposed to love everybody. 
Didn't say you're supposed to like him. You're supposed to love everybody, though. Because love is an action. Doesn't matter what you feel like doing. God is saying, love them. Treat them the way that I treat them. Because Jesus, let's just get real for a minute. Jesus hung up on a cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And they were murdering him. And you mad because they left the fries out your bag at Wendy's. <laughs> My wife. I heard that. <laughs> I ain't throwing stones at you, honey. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> what Think about this too. Stephen, 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 the first martyr. He wasn't Jesus, y'all. He was the first martyr. The Bible says he was a man filled with the Holy Ghost and power. You want to know what his first assignment was in the church? To feeding the people. In the book of Acts, the apostles are saying, we need time for prayer and preaching of the word and doing all these things. And they said, find some men who are filled with the Holy Ghost and power and get them to serve and feed people. But he was a man filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And as they are stoning him, he repeats the words of the master from the cross and says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. As they're stoning him. Mm. Are you catching the magnitude of these scriptures today? You know, that, that, that first John scripture is a fruit check scripture. Because he has taken this thing all the way back to salvation and said, if you don't love other believers, then you don't love God. That's a very strong statement. If you don't love other believers... Maybe even because of a difference of denominational backgrounds or a difference of whatever, difference of skin color. Let me tell you this. Can I just say this right? If you have racism in your heart, you ain't been born again. It's impossible to be racist and love God. Period. But watch this. He says, if you don't love other believers who you can see, how can you love God whom you can't see because anybody who loves God has been born of God. He takes this thing. This is some tough script. Y'all all right? This is some tough. He says, if you don't love the body of Christ, you ain't even saved, period. Sounds like love is mighty important, right? So the number one thing it unlocks is obedience, which proves your love for God. Second thing it unlocks is your love for people and the brethren in the body of Christ. And here's the third thing that love unlocks. Oh, I'm going to get excited. It unlocks for God to make all things work out for your good. Oh, here we go. I might run a lap because the Bible is say the Bible has said that God can work out all things 
for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You want to know the one qualifier for that sentence is that you got to love God because if you love God, you are called according to his purpose. So when you love God and are called according to his purpose, he is able to work out all things for your good. Come on. He'll work out the divorce for your good. He'll work out the cancer for your good. He'll work out the loss of a loved one for your good. Y'all missing real good times to shout. He will take every destruction and every battle. He'll take addiction and work it out for your good and have you start a program like BTP. He'll take whatever it is that you've walked through in life and he will work it out for your good and he will intricately weave it into your story and make all things work out together for your good if you just love him. Love is so important, y'all. Because I want all of my mistakes and all of my mess to not be used against me, but for me. Because that's, y'all do understand, like only God gets to make statements like that. I can take all your, all things, not some things, a few things. No, 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 no. I can work all things out for your good if you love me and are called according to my purpose. Love is a big key, y'all. Love is a big key, and it unlocks some things in your life. You understand this? Watch this. First Peter 4, 8 says this, that love covers a multitude of sin. Some of y'all better start loving some more. You got some sin in your life. Come on, we've all had sin in our life before. But you understand that when you love God and you love people, that it actually covers your mistakes? Why? Because you're in right relationship with God. And when you're in right relationship with God, guess what? It's all under the blood. It's all under the blood. That's some good stuff. Last point, and I'm done for the day. I might make a record today. 25 minutes. All right, my wife said I've been preaching longer than that. Last point here. What's the, what's the end result of love? We're talking about the kingdom key of love today. What is the end result of love? The entire kingdom is available to you when you love. I don't even think I realized the magnitude of this message today until I was really just putting it all together uh, over the last couple of days when I realized that it all, it sticks together because of love. The entire kingdom of God is available to you if you have love. Let me take it a step further. Your entire relationship with God is based off of this premise of love. First John 4, 7 through 10 says this, Beloved, Let's love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He's taking it back to the born-again experience. The one who does not love does not know God because what? God is love. By this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him in this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What that is saying, not that you love God first, 
but that he first loved you and sent his one and only son to be the propitiation, meaning to be the payment of your debt of sin. And now when you engage and encounter that, now you actually can love God. So watch this. It's because of him that you even can love. Not because you loved him first, but because he first loved you. He made a plan to get you back right with him before the foundation of the very world, right? The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So John is saying here, if you were able to love and you have been born again, then that's what this whole thing is about. It's all based off the premise of love. Watch it. No man can enter the kingdom of heaven no man can enter the kingdom of heaven unless they get born again and what he talks about with this is that love proves and shows that you are born again paul in ephesians 4 says this so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being watch this rooted and grounded in love rooted and grounded in love paul is saying the root of getting to a place of fruit. Y'all have heard me say this before too. If you got a fruit problem, you got a root problem. So what Paul is saying here is that if you have the, if you were rooted and grounded in love, if the main source of your life is love, loving God and then loving people, if, you, if that is the root, if that is the core, if that's what gets this thing rolling, then we must be Rooted and grounded in love. Watch this. When he says that, what he is saying is that everything has to come from this. Every, everything has to come from, serving has to come from love. Come on, serving because you love God and you love people, not because pastor had to beg you to sign up to be an usher or to greet people in the parking lot or to do this or to do. No, you serve from a place of love because you love God and you love people. Come on, even when you are going to correct somebody or correct the situation, it has to come from a place of love. Rules without relationship will always equal rebellion. That's a rule at BTB, by the way. Rules without relationship. Well, don't go telling a student and writing him a ticket when you have no relationship with him because if he doesn't know that you love them, he'll never receive what you have to say. Rules without... Relationship will equal rebellion. When people don't think that you love them, they don't care what you have to say in trying to correct them to help them. Preaching has to be done in love. I always say that about this house. We will be a balanced house when it comes to preaching the word of God. I will always speak the hard truth to you, but I will always show you scandalous grace. Why? Because that's the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus did. He looked religious folks in the eyes and told them, you're a brood of vipers, you're whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. Y'all crazy. Y'all talk crazy. You act crazy. You hold people to a standard that you don't uphold yourself. You're a bunch of hypocrites and y'all can get away from me. But if you repent, God will forgive you and you come into the kingdom. <laughs> then, then, then they bring to him a woman caught in the very act of adultery. So he tells the hard truth over here and he gives them a chance to repent by telling the truth because every time you hear the truth, you have a chance to repent. But then he catches her 
in the act of adultery. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? None, sir. Then I don't either. Watch this. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. He, he shows her the grace and the forgiveness. Then he what? Calls her higher. You want, could you, when you hear the words of the master, say, go and sin no more. You understand that those simple words give you the ability to do it. Jesus never calls you to do something that he doesn't give you the power to do. Go and sin no more. I've shown you, I've shown you grace. Grace is like jet fuel for right living. When you realize how messed up, messed up, jacked up, and sinful you have been, how your life was a mess, how you denied God. You might even grew up in church or used to come to church or this or that, but your life was messed up. You've, you've been sinful. When you realize the grace that God has given you and that's available to you, it's like jet fuel for right living. It makes you want to please God. It makes you want to love God. It makes you want to obey God. When you realize how good and faithful he is, even when you have not been. A true revelation of grace doesn't say, how much can I sin with and get away with it? A true revelation of grace says, my God, what forgiveness, grace and mercy he's given into me. I've got to start living right. It all got to be rooted and grounded in love. Watch this back to our original text there. Without the kingdom key of love, you can be gifted all you want. Pull up 1 Corinthians 13, 1, please. 13, 1 and 2. If you're not rooted and grounded in love, watch this. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Keep going. Number two. If I have the gift of prophecy, oh, come on. There's a lot of people want to prophesy. There's a lot of people want to flow in the prophetic but lack love. They're just like a clanging symbol to God. Watch. And I know all mysteries and knowledge, and I have all the faith to even remove mountains, which Jesus told you can do, but I do not have love. I have nothing. Do you understand what that said? If you're not rooted and grounded in love, you can be as gifted as you want to be. You understand the Bible says the gifts come without repentance. That's not saying not repentance of, of forgiveness and getting to a place of repenting and changing and asking. It, that's an old English word for they come and they never leave. This is why it gets real dangerous because you see people operating in the gifts, but they're not even right with God. That's scary. But when you're not rooted and grounded in love, you have become a clanging symbol to God. Worship team, can y'all come? Matthew chapter 22 and verse 40, or 22, verses 34, says this. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, he thought he was smart. A lawyer 
asked him a question, testing him. Said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love. I love my Bible on this when it has it all capitalized. It said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Love the Lord your, love, action. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, that's your spirit, with all your soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions, and all your mind. He said mind twice. Y'all better pay attention to that. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. Romans 7 says that you serve Christ with your mind. Makes renewing the mind a whole big, big deal, doesn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. Why is it the greatest and foremost commandment? Because if you can get that one, the rest of it will overflow. Watch this though. 39, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments, the whole law and the prophets hang. The greatest, foremost commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Can I just say this about loving your neighbor as yourself? You cannot love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. You cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself. I'm a root problem type of guy. I like to deal with things from the root and get them addressed and fixed. I'm not saying be an arrogant and conceited person, but what I am saying is that you need to get to a place where you are in love with God, you're spending time with God, and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I am God's child, I am God's creation, I am in right relationship with God, He loves me, I love Him, and if you can get to that place, you can begin to develop some self-worth, and if you'll develop self-worth, you can love your neighbor as yourself, because you can actually be happy with the person that you look at in the mirror but that only comes from being rooted and grounded in love being rooted and grounded in love love for God and love for people love for God and love for people so watch this the entire kingdom is held together by this key the entire kingdom of God is held together by this source which is love Christianity the glue of Christianity is held together by love. Love. Stand with me this morning. You've got to love God. You've got to love people. When you use the key of love, you're going to unlock some incredible things in your life. When you use the key of love, you can unlock obedience in your life. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvashebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.